is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Wednesday, December 16th. We're almost here. Thursday, game on. Fantasy football semifinals. Don't forget there's two games on Saturday. <laughs> Please don't forget that. Set a little like reminder in your phone for around 3 o'clock Eastern for inactives for the first game, and then 6.45, 7 o'clock Eastern for inactives for the second game. You don't want to be caught by a surprise inactive that's never fun for anyone. But uh, rankings are fun for everybody. So I'll break down my rankings, my initial set of rankings here for Week 15 Fantasy Football. Before I get into that, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. I like that right there, $50 free dollars. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so let's dive into it here. Uh, actually, good news too, by the way. Right now, through 14 weeks over at Fantasy Pros in their rankings accuracy competition, I'm currently sitting at 7th, moved up from ninth last week, so top 10, baby. Happy about that for sure, and if you want to get my rankings, of course, you get them over at ftnfantasy.com. Quarterback, we're not overthinking it at the top. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care who Mahomes is facing, by the way, it doesn't matter. Uh, wasn't the best performance out of him on a, from a football standpoint last week, but he still put up numbers for fantasy purposes, and Rodgers is an MVP candidate. At three, Josh Allen at four, Lamar Jackson. They're almost interchangeable for me this week. Lamar is playing at the level he was last year, finally. And Allen, I mean, just the enormous ceiling, floor combination that you get with him. Not overthinking that one. Kyler at five. This is really a product of the fact that you can throw on the Philadelphia Eagles. And with the... Connection seemingly there with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I dig Kyler this week. You know, I've tempered my expectations a little bit. I don't think he's the elite option, but he's a solid quarterback one play. Same with Russell Wilson. It's a tough matchup against Washington, but I'm not going to overthink Russell Wilson at this point. I actually did get a question, Russell Wilson or Ryan Tannehill. Now, I do have him back-to-back. I have Tannehill at 7 right now. It's a good matchup, but my my concern there is that it's just all Derrick Henry against the Lions. Uh, after Tannehill at 8, Tom Brady against Atlanta. Thank you, schedule makers. Deshaun Watson at 9 against Indy. It's a tough matchup against Indy, but he performed well just two weeks ago against them. Justin Herbert at 10 against the Raiders on Thursday night. He's a top 10 option, man. 40 end zone throws on the season. Jared Goff at 11 against the Jets because it's against the Jets. And then here we go, number 12. Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, baby. I have him ahead of Taysom Hill. If you were thinking about Ben Roethlisberger, if you have some of these streamers, Trubisky, Cousins, Matt Ryan, Baker, yeah, he's ahead of all of them. He's in a good spot this week. And I think we just see plenty of run, 
I think we see enough out of his arm as well to make him worth this play. Jalen Hurts, top 12. Let's move over to running back. Of course, at the top, it's easy. It's Derrick Henry. Then it's Dalvin Cook. Then it's Austin Eckler. And I actually love Eckler in this matchup. You can run on Vegas, but it's really about the passing game. And I think Vegas has enough to stay with the Chargers in this one. So this is going to be a really fun start to the week. Eckler's a little banged up, but he'll be good to go for this one. Aaron Jones, after last week's down performance, is back in the top five. I think he bounces back. Even though it wasn't terrible against the Lions, it just wasn't the blow up that we expected. But you can run on Carolina. You can also run on Houston for Jonathan Taylor at five. He's finally the guy we thought he was. And this is a great matchup. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb against the Giants. Giants defense is all right. They are all right. But Nick Chubb is averaging almost 98 rushing yards per game. It's almost not fair. Alvin Kamara bouncing back last week. Run funnel defense in the Chiefs. And a potential shootout. He's at seven. James Robinson at eight. Don't overthink this one. A lot of people seem to be overthinking James Robinson already this week. Yes, it's Baltimore. I don't care. He's going to see 20-plus touches. James Robinson, top 10. Mike Davis at nine. This stings for any McCaffrey owner out there who doesn't have Davis. But, you know, he touches the ball a ton, especially in the passing game. He's not the best runner, but I don't really care. This is uh, And there's a lot of players that I'm going to talk about as RB2s who are, like, trending down as well. So, Davis a top 10. David Montgomery has been awesome. Now, his schedule has been awesome as well. But this isn't a bad matchup. It's a mid-pack matchup against the Vikings. I think he continues to roll at 10. Cam Akers at 11. Yep, at 11. And I might be too low on him here. Gonna see volume out of Acres. I love it. Uh Chris Carson after Acres at 12. Not the best matchup, but you know, he's still back end RB1 worthy because of his nose for the end zone. I mean, there's a little bit of a split in that backfield too, because you have Carlos Hyde involved, but it's all good. I'm still starting Carson with confidence. Josh Jacobs at 13. You can run on the Chargers. I I don't know how much game script helps him out here. I don't think they get the game script that, you know, we want to see where it's Jacobs, like 25, 30 carries. I don't think we see that, but uh, Jacobs still pretty solid. He's a front-end RB, too. Kenyon Drake runs into a tough matchup against the Eagles, but he sees enough volume to be an RB2 play. Miles Sanders at 15 right behind him, trending up after last week. He was good. He wasn't great last week. He was good. Not great. But good enough to be an RB2, no doubt about it. J.K. Dobbins, speaking of RB2, that's basically what he is in that offense. Too much Gus for my liking, but enough J.K. Dobbins to be an RB2 play. Now, I talked about some guys trending down. Ezekiel Elliott was the main guy. He's 17 for me this week against San Francisco. I don't like the matchup particularly here. And uh, I don't like the committee, but he still is an RB2. Wayne Gallman at 18 against the Browns. You can run on the Browns. We saw it from the Ravens last week. DeAndre Swift at 19. So here's the thing. Am I too low on Swift? I don't think so. I think we're still going to see just a little bit too much Adrian Peterson, just a little bit too much on Johnson, and not enough DeAndre Swift. He's an RB2, but not anything better than that. That's based on what we saw last week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 20 against New Orleans. Tough matchup, but enough Edwards-Alaire to use him, right? Melvin Gordon right after Edwards-Alaire and James Conner. So at 21 and 22, they're both banged up. So we'll have to keep an eye on both of their statuses. If Gordon is out, then Phil Lindsay's like a mid-range RB2. If Connor is out, I'm putting Snell basically right where I have Connor. So back end RB2. Kareem Hunt at 23 against the Giants. 
you can never really have him any further than the back end RB2 range. And it really is game script dependent with him. If they get behind, then he's involved in the passing game. If not, then, well, he isn't. Uh, JD McKissick, speaking of which, well, it, and this one is another one. If Antonio Gibson goes, then McKissick's really only flex worthy. If he doesn't go, then McKissick is a back end RB2. Je- Jeff Wilson is right there. But there's still a committee in that backfield, so he's a little risky to use as anything more than the flex option. Also flexing out Naeem Hines, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds. If I don't also have Kenyon Drake, I don't want to double dip on that backfield. DeAndre Washington, depending on Miles Gaskin's status. Zach Moss, meh. Gus Edwards, Tony Pollard, they're all flex flex worthy. Moving over to wide receiver, it's easy at the top. It's Devontae Adams. He is phenomenal. I don't need to tell you why. Then Tyreek, then DK Metcalf. Don't need to tell you why. At four, Keenan Allen. One of just two players averaging over 10 targets per game this season. A.J. Brown at five, channeled his inner Julio last week. He's going to do it again this week. At six, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll talk about his matchup tomorrow, but it's good, even though he's getting shadowed. Stephon Diggs at seven. He's one of the other players with over 10 targets per game. Uh, And even if John Brown's back, it's not bad. Calvin Ridley at eight. If Julio doesn't go, and I don't think he does, then Calvin Ridley basically ink this dude in for double-digit targets. Allen Robinson at nine coming off a strong game facing a suspect secondary. Then Jefferson and Thielen at 10 and 11. Jefferson had over 100 yards last time he faced the Bears. Thielen had two touchdowns the last time he faced the Bears. Michael Thomas at 12, trending up, trending up. Not quite last year's Michael Thomas, but not bad. And I do expect it to be Taysom under center. Bob Woods against the Jets. Good luck. Brandon Ayuk at 14. He is really the guy with Devo out. Uh, Terry McScorin. Let's see if Alex Smith is under center. It's a great matchup against Seattle, but let's see who's under center here. It's obviously better if it's Smith. Cooper Cup at 16. Really like that matchup. Tyler Lockett at 17. He's a wide receiver too now. That's basically what he is. Robbie Anderson at 18. I don't think Jair shadows him, but I also don't think that DJ Moore is in this game, so that helps Anderson out. Deontay Johnson, 19. I know, I know. But I don't think that was a benching. I think that was a lesson, and hopefully lesson learned, and he's by far the top target in that offense. Uh, After him, Amari Cooper, solid, tough matchup, but solid. He's a wide receiver, too. And I'm not going to hold this season against Amari Cooper. You know, losing Dak just crushed everything. Corey Davis at 21. I think he bounces back this week. Then you have Godwin and Evans at 22-23. I also have Antonio Brown back at um, 34. So they all cannibalize off of each other, even though it's a phenomenal matchup against the Falcons. Juju at 24. He's the, you know, a short area receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the intermediate. Chase Claypool is the deep receiver. I have Claypool at 29. Keep in mind, Claypool is more of the risk-reward guy. He That's what you get with him. You could get the boom. You could also get the bust. That's what happens. That's why he's a wide receiver three. T.Y. Hilton, don't get too crazy here. He's at 25. Don't get too crazy here. Yes, he's looked good. Don't get too crazy here. Okay? Curtis Samuel, if DJ Moore doesn't go at 26. Cole Beasley, with all the target volume at 27. Uh, Jarvis at 28. Jarvis won't get shadowed by James Bradbury in the slot, so that's good. Uh, DJ Chark at 30, because I just mentioned Claypool at 29. Chark was shadowed by Malcolm uh, Butler last week, and Malcolm Butler did a pretty good job on him, so uh, don't hold that against him necessarily. No, it's a tough matchup, but 
there's not going to be shadow coverage at least, so there's that. He's still a boomer bust wide receiver three. Timmy Patrick at 31 with all of his touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar, as my Philadelphia friends call him, Nelson Aguilar at 32. No Henry Ruggs. I might even be a tad low on Aguilar given how he's performed this season. Marvin Jones. Who? Marvin Jones. He's going to get that Malcolm Butler shadow because I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to be back. So, yay. He's at 33. Antonio Brown at 34. Marquise Brown at 35. Cousins back-to-back. And, yeah, Brown, he scored some touchdowns recently. He hasn't played particularly well. So there's that. Pittman at 36. Just on the outside looking in. Kiki QT. Now, I didn't rank Brandon Cooks. But QT has had success against the Colts, uh, and only against the Colts. But at the same time, I'm just not 100% sold on him. And I actually have Chad Hansen at 40 right now, so he's only a few spots behind him. So both are flex-worthy. You can flex out CD. You can flex out Tyler Boyd. I don't like that offense very much. You can flex out Rashard Higgins. Um We'll keep an eye on John Brown. He might be flex-worthy as well if he does get back on the field. All right, let's round it out with tight end. My favorite. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, there are some good options, though, this week, especially if you have Travis Kelsey. You're starting two tight ends if you have Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller at two. You know that. Mark Andrews locked in at three. After that, this is where the teardrop happens, but I think Robert Tunyon is at the head of that tier he, it's just the touchdown upside. Have met a 50% chance of finding Pater. TJ Hawkinson at five. He's had such a great season. Hunter Hendry at six. He's had a pretty darn good season as well, as has Rob Gronkowski at seven against the Falcons. They just cannibalize off of each other. It's the only problem there. Uh, Evan, Evan Ingram at eight. Eric Ebron at nine. So you get some upside with those guys. Dallas Goddard at 10. If you have one of those 10, I think you're all right. I really do. And Dallas Goddard, I think, is fine with uh, with Jalen Hurts under center. If you don't have one of those 10, you are in streamer territory. So who are the streamers, that the premium that may be out there on waivers? Logan Thomas, Big Irv. I, Irv Smith was pretty good last week. And if there's no Kyle Rudolph, he's a top 12 play. Dalton Schultz is in the mix. Cole Komet. He has 14 targets to just five for Jimmy Graham over the last two games. I would not go after Jordan Aikens. I, I don't like that matchup. I wouldn't go after the two LA guys, the uh, you know Higby and Everett. I wouldn't go after Dan Arnold. That just doesn't sit well with me. I wouldn't go after Jared Cook. Yes, Jared Cook has scored twice. He's a three for 32 guy, though. Twice in the last two weeks, whatever. Take those touchdowns away, and you would be pretty upset about it, right? That's the risk you run with three for 32 guys. So, None of those guys. So the top streamers, like I said, Irv, Logan Thomas, uh, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet. There you go. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. FTNFantasy.com for all the rankings projections. Keep reviewing the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. Easiest way to do so if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. You could also review it on the web if you don't have an iPhone. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Thursday night football coming at us, but we're going to break down wide receiver cornerback matchups for you for week 15. It's on, baby. I will catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.